All right, so uh, welcome to Porb. I, th I think this is episode 37. Uh, today's special for a couple reasons. One, that was the first actual intro I've ever done. And two, I have a guest, uh, my longtime friend, uh, fellow fitness person and uh, trainer, uh, Mr. Cyrus. I've never said his last name out loud. Moghadasi? Sure. Yeah, Moghadasi. How do you actually say it? Moghadasi. Mogadasi. Okay. Welcome. Hey. Hi, everybody. <laughs> How's it going, man? It's going good. Good busy week, but good. How about you? Yeah, same. Um, yeah, just but I'm, I'm still just doing everything for the most part on uh, Zoom. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. So um, uh, I've known Cyrus, I don't know. How long have we known each other? A long time. It's coming up on, I was in Pierce College, so... 16 to 17 years something in that neighborhood man Graham was a we i mean we were both we children back in the in the day just little tykes um <laughs> 17 years ago when we were five yeah, yeah. uh <laughs> um cyrus has a gym in woodland hills right correct and what's the name the legion gym the legion gym <laughs> and uh I don't know, maybe tell, tell uh, whoever's listening about it for a little bit. Sure. Um, so it's a personal training gym. Um, not very big, but kind of private. Um, I think upscale. I mean, I, I don't know if that's, <laughs> if I can say that. I mean, just, I, I, I've, I haven't been there in person, but the pictures are pretty gorgeous, man. Thank you. Um, I took a long time to get a spot and to pick the equipment that I liked. And um, I'm knock on wood, kind of lucky that it's, this size because it's very easy to curate the kind of trainers I have and um, they're all people I've known and worked with for years so it's a really good family you know vibe um, nice, you know and we try to mix the idea of making it fun and, and clean but also uh, kind of kicking everyone's butt as much as it's safe to do so <laughs> you know yeah absolutely that I mean that clean part is like something I'm constantly telling people about whether they're looking for like a gym or a martial arts school or whatever I'm like, I know like, the idea of like a rusty, dirty place is super romantic. Um, but yeah, don't don't go to any place that's filthy or, or gross. It's just it's not smart. It's so dumb. Yeah, exactly. It's one of those things where I agree. There's something cool about like this torture dungeon, you know, yeah. like old uh, Texas gym where the bars are from the 40s. But um, <laughs> right. But like, there's also yeah. nothing cool about like getting like a staff infection or whatever. <laughs> like, yeah, exactly. Tetanus and staff is, you know, right. it's, it's not, it doesn't need to be a part of your training. Right. Um, at least not the kind of training I do. So <laughs> same here, same here. I mean, I've, I've seen it a lot. I've had people like literally say to me like, um, yeah, I think I'm going to look for something a little more like underground or, or like, uh, and I'm like, what, what do you mean? Like, you know, just like something you get when you see gyms that are kind of like run down. I kind of want that. And I'm like that. <laughs> okay. Right. I mean, good luck. Good luck. Yeah. I think they mean like, they're trying to say like rustic or vintage, but even if I think vintage, I want something high quality vintage. I don't want a piece of crap old watch. If I want yeah. an old watch, I want it to work really well. <laughs> I mean, I've, I've trained in, in martial arts schools where there was like, oh yeah, don't touch that wire in the bathroom. Um, you know, watch out for the nail in the floor. Like, it's like, th this is not okay. No. <laughs> this is not okay here. No. Yeah. No. Uh, so no, anyway, no. if you're, if you're in the area, Woodland Hills, check out the Legion gym. You got like a website and stuff. Yeah. You, you just wait, find us on Instagram, just the underscore Legion underscore gym. 
Uh, we do have the legiongym.com, but uh, we don't use it that much, so it's probably not even up-to-date info. Um, yeah. But yeah, we're, we're small, clean, and um, it's a pretty fun fun situation. Um, and given the, you know, the challenges of COVID, I think we've been really, really lucky to have a small place that's much easier to manage. Um, yeah. So that's crazy. Um, it's, yeah. It's wild it's out wild. there. <laughs> it is, man. It's crazy. I just, you know, just real quick. I mean, Cyrus knows his shit. Great trainer. Um, great teacher. Super cool guy. You know, if, if you're in the area, definitely, definitely. If you're looking for a gym, that'd be a good place. Well, thank you very much, um, sir. Yeah, man, my pleasure. My pleasure. Um, so there was a reason that, like, when we initially decided to do this, uh, I had posted something mm-hmm. on Twitter and then Instagram, and this was kind of like the impetus for, for this uh, for this to happen. And it was, I don't know, it was something to the effect of uh, food is neither good nor bad, and you are neither good nor bad for eating or not eating it. And then you had you had some thoughts. So let, let, let's talk about it. Let's get into it. Sure. So first off, I want to say it's a little bit of a wink that I want to be kind of, um, I don't want to say devil's advocate, but I'm going to take a viewpoint that I have and intentionally push it a little farther for the sake of you. having healthy, you know, oppositional conversation. Because um, yeah. fundamentally, you, know, you want to get really detailed, even concepts of good and bad become pretty weird. And that's a whole series of philosophical conversation. Um, but on a simple term, there's sort of two ways I would look at it. So when we say, is, is food good or bad? So the first way I would look at it is, do I mean good or bad in serving whatever need I have of the food? So whether that's my nutrition or my excitement or just the caloric need, could it be good or bad in that regard? And then the second would be like an ethical good or bad. Is there food that is unethical or ethical? Um, I would say on both of those fronts, certain foods could be considered one of those. So for example, if my need for food is, uh, to replenish energy, cause I'm really, really tired cause I had a bad cold or I had a really rough workout or I didn't sleep cause my daughter was up all night. Then there are some foods that are going to be, I'll say more good than bad or more bad than good. So for example, um, maybe, a, a little piece of fruit or a nice quality egg would be more on the good side, whereas perhaps something like really low quality donuts um, or really, really cheap fast food might be less on the good side. Um, and then if we're looking on the kind of opposite, so the, the, or the ethical quandary would be, one, does one ethic of you know killing or not killing, um, which also becomes complicated because just because it's not made of an animal doesn't mean animals weren't killed to make a certain food. Assuming that we're even saying, yeah, even if we're saying animals should or shouldn't be killed in the first place, but that's a whole other situation. Um, but then what I look at is what is the um, potential or theoretical, or maybe even actual net um, impact on the world of producing a certain food. So one of my rallying cries against fast food is that it's, in its growth, whether we're talking about the vegetables or the meats, it's destroying soil in a way that doesn't get regenerated well. Then it's being, you know, quote unquote processed, however people want to use that term. Even if we're not talking about GMOs, it's just being malformed with many cows yeah. to make one burger or many multi crappy quality wheat to make the buns. Um, and then it's going to 
a company that has very questionable business practices, then it's going to underpaid workers, then it's going to trucks that very pollute, and then finally it's going to go to an end user at an artificially low price to create damage to their health. So in the situation like that, I'm not holding the employee at harm because they A, might not know and be not have choice. Even the customers often don't. But I would right. say that food in and of itself is not a good food because it's kind of like an eight, you know, uh, eight link chain. Every one of those links is problematic in some way. Um, I, I, I actually don't disagree with any of that. Um, my the, the stance I have on it is that um, food is either objectively healthy or objectively unhealthy. And then the, the problem comes in where the term good or bad. Um, when somebody eats something, they say, I was good today. Mm. They eat like a salad or whatever. And they eat uh, fast food, for example. Um, they say, I was bad today. Those things over and over and over, the association with good or bad is clear, even if, you know, we have varying degrees on if that even matters or what that is, you know, as far as the universe is concerned. But like, fundamentally, as a society, we have basic ideas of good and bad. So we're kind of constantly repeating this mantra of like, I was either good or I was either bad based on this one action that I did that it does not actually uh, serve either of those mm -hmm. statements. And then when I think so much about like just that language constantly being repeated, and I talk about like mantras a lot with my clients is that, like for example, you know, like you, when you get people in your gym and you're doing a session with them and then they either, let's say they can't lift whatever weight or they can't do a movement as well as they want or they have to quit or take a break. And then almost all the time they go like, oh, fuck. Or like they get super hard on themselves and start tearing themselves down internally. And then you have to be like, hey, you're doing great. Let's go. Come on. You know, you're propping them back up. But their internal monologue is I'm bad because I couldn't do this thing. Um, and that's like kind of like the bedrock of everything else they're basing their identity on is like, well, at, at the bottom, I'm bad. So when I think about, um, I, I work with a lot of, uh, like CEOs and these people who have tremendous success financially and, um, uh, in, in whatever business they're in, but they struggle so deeply with eating and exercise and usually what they're told when they can't eat well or exercise consistently is that they have no willpower, they have no discipline, and they're bad because of it. So there's this like thing, well, if I, if I don't eat this, I'm bad. If I do eat this, I'm bad or, mm -hmm. or whatever. Mm -hmm. um, so then I, what I try to tell them is like, you don't lack discipline and you, you don't lack willpower. Look at what you've achieved. This and immediately disproves any thought that you don't have those qualities. Why it's a problem for you with food and exercise, and this is like, I don't know, 99% of the time, there's early trauma from junior high, it's always junior high, and then your parents. And with the parents, it's always like, um, you ate this, and it's bad for you and you're bad because you ate it or you didn't eat enough and now that's bad or you're or when you do eat something well good job so there's, there's all this like emotional uh attachment to the words good and bad and that 
my adult people in their 50s and 60s are like, I was good today. I was bad today. Like they want a, a gold star, you know. So I think on an emotional level, those terms can get like really complicated for people. And then it it makes it harder to be consistent and progress because you go like, oh, I was bad. So I guess I'm bad. I'm inherently <laughs> bad because I ate a burger. It's like, no, that food is unhealthy for you. I mean, uh, like fast food burger. Sure. But like you're still a good objectively good person like unless you're out there kicking puppies and poking people with pins and shit like that you're, you're okay right. so mine is like more of the like uh just the the emotional message that you're sending yourself by repeating a word of you know based on some arbitrary action yeah that i i think is totally true because i think a lot of people you know when we look at the probably the most common like addiction models of like alcohol, drugs, tobacco, whatever. Generally, and I, at least my feeling, and I think probably most people would agree, I don't think someone is bad because they are hardwired to have a higher disposition for um, addiction. And probably most of us have some potential for addiction in something. Totally. Just some of it totally. might be harmless or not very visible or very uh, socially unacceptable. But, you know, if someone to me has a problem with alcohol, I don't think that's a bad person because they have a problem with alcohol. I think that's a person that might be good, might be bad. Incidentally, could have a problem with alcohol. Right. I think food is, I think where things like food and sexual addiction become tricky is food is, and to some extent, I would say sex are things that are pretty much part of everybody's life. Yeah. And they're kind of hard to avoid or not have some need for. So it's tricky because imagine if, if all available beverages were as dangerous as alcohol or most were, that's a tough world to live in. And they are. Yeah. And soda, and, that's what soda is. Yeah. Yeah. And these days, most available food isn't really in the service of one's health. So I, I, agree. I agree. I don't, I don't put a big ethical uh, um, negative. And I do think people need to be careful saying I was good or bad, as opposed to, you know, I could have been better to myself today. Um, right. But or, I'm not or just uh, as a statement, like the yeah. food I ate today was not healthy. You know what I mean? Like if you take right. the emotion out of it and just right. it's a statement of fact. Yes. Because yes. that emotion part of it like fucks people's whole trajectory up. Like, yes. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's and it's also I think especially when you get a lot of fitness people who talk about their discipline and I'm going to go after it and no days off. It does a real disservice that it's almost suggesting everybody who doesn't do that thing, quote unquote, perfectly is somehow weaker, which is to suggest that's right. Many millions now. If it was one percent of the population couldn't eat right, I'd say yeah, maybe it is just a weakness of character. Maybe, yeah. But when it's at this point, especially with the food availability we have in the states, probably the majority of people don't have what right. what almost anybody would consider healthy diets. Yeah, I don't think that's a bunch of weak people. It's not. It's certainly not. No, it's a very cheap, very addictive, heavily marketed, psychologically funneled. Uh, system that yep. is that. And I don't want to say that like system, like it's some kind of, you know, big conspiracy, you know, just because I happen to be generally anti-corporate and not a huge yeah. fan of capitalism doesn't also Same. mean that I think um, everything is some conspiracy to get to get us. So conspiracy, right. people want to make more money and sell cheaper products. That's <laughs> yeah, it, it's, it's, it's definitely, it didn't, it didn't, it's not a conspiracy, right. um, but the system evolved and, and was designed to exploit poor people, to exploit, you know, mainly poor people. That's the thing. Right. 
you, you take away someone's money or ability to, to earn money through, you know, whatever, racism or everything like this. And then they're left with this thing that makes them unhealthy, makes them dependent on the system, makes them unhappy, makes them stuck in this shitty job. Like I, I 100%. Yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah, it's not a conspiracy, but it is a system. And it's like, everybody's a victim of that system one way or the other. Oh yeah. It's super. I mean, it's all hyper addictive, hyper cheap. Um, I think the time where it becomes a little trickier is as often as the case when, when anybody learns more and more about, let's say the food system and uh, the supply side and how it all works. And, you know, even though there are different, very different viewpoints on what is or isn't healthy, whatever someone wants to subscribe to when they learn it, you're now burdened that you can't really unlearn it. So to yeah. me, a, a, an ordinary, even smart, even successful, even nice, kind-hearted person who just hasn't spent the time kind of grappling these issues, to me, it's a little bit more, um, let's say, understandable if they know they're not making a necessarily healthy choice, but they don't think about the damage yeah. that McDonald's see it. Yeah, might cause. Whereas yeah. I kind of joke it's not even a joke. I kind of suggest to my clients, you know, we have this image of McDonald's being the quintessential American kind of company. And I always say there's actually nothing more anti-American than fast food. It yeah. physically, sorry, it's my text. It literally destroys the fabric of America from person to income inequality to the actual physical soil. I mean, yeah. it's, it would be, you know, if you want to win a war, you don't have to send in bullets anymore. You could just go drop a bunch of franchise restaurants to yeah. a place and just sit back and wait until they can't physically fight you. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and, and it, well, you know, in, in another sense, like, like absolutely, like, you know, what you're saying, like McDonald's and court and corporations like them are super anti American as far as like the values yes. that people say America is. Yes, yes. Um, like it's it's you know it's the antithesis of that. Right. But like for the reality of what America is, it's one hundred percent on brand. Yes, it is. Yes, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yes. Chew up people, use them. They're a commodity yes. to further your goals or your power. You know, yeah. It's, um, it's win but, at all costs, even if you have to scorch the earth to win. Yeah. Ultimately, like when when you know the Earth blows up because of what I'm doing, I still was the best right before yes, it happened. Yes, it blew up because of me. <laughs> yeah, I win. Yes, <laughs> I'm the winner. Yes, I did it. Yes. Yeah. Um. But like, so in, in that sense, like you know, if 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 the food is an agent of evil and evil is bad, then by proxy the food is bad. Right. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, but like, yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, which I agree with. Right. I mean, just on like a day-to-day -day scale, like I, or a day-to-day -day level, I constantly am trying to work with people. Like, stop judging and shaming yourself for the decisions you're making. Some of them are made out of like old coping mechanisms, yeah. old survival instincts, and you're not necessarily in control of that all the time. And uh, even once you're aware of it, it's still like you, it's not just turning on or off a light switch. That shit takes years to change. And then also. You know, even if you see the problem with food is like there, it's an it's an emotional attachment. People emotionally eat, especially oh, yeah. like this last year has probably been the most stress eating and emotional eating ever in any recorded time. Like, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because most so other times that they were this stressful, there wasn't that much food. Exactly. It was actual famines or wars or destructive forces, like a plague. But yep. this is a few times when the world is falling to shit. But there's a, certainly a surplus of bad calories around. Yeah, at the height of comfort, like you can just 
sit in front of a screen all day and just stuff your face all day with with bad cheap food and there's a reason like you know it's not more expensive to make healthier food it's not it's not it's barely more expensive to buy healthier food no it's and there's, just and the there's perception some ways, of it yeah and there's some ways where the only thing i can i'll even say argue the only thing i can kind of agree with is sometimes it's generally more time expensive not yeah. necessarily more money expensive because yeah you're right you can go buy whether you're super carnivorous or super, you know, plant-based, you can go get good quality ingredients, cook them up. And it's still cheaper yeah. than almost anything. It's that, almost anything. It's, it's the, it's the acquisition and the, in the will to do so in the time. Um, yeah. And, 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 and the, um, the lack of stimulus. Yes. Cooking it yourself is less stimulating than pushing a button and having it show up oh, or yeah. driving through a place and having it given to you. Oh yeah, I mean, if you have, just, you know, you have an average family, you know, let's say you have one or two parents, you have a couple of kids, you have people working crazy hours, working hard, struggling, and to sit down and think, okay, well, I'm going to steam this vegetable, I'm going to saute yeah. it with olive oil, I'm going to roast this thing and do this thing like this and portion like this. It's like, yep. or I'm going to drive through this place where I can yeah. listen to the radio yelling about <laughs> about how such and such politician is ruining the world, and. <laughs> And how I should buy more stuff. Yes. And, um, yeah. and, you know, thinking about how I'm going to acquire more, um, you know, sneakers. Yeah. It's, it's tough. And, uh, and I think we're all wired that as stress increases, we look for specific calorie sources that in nature, not that available. Yeah. Know? I mean, take any part, whether we're in the tropics, whether we're in the frozen tundra, whether we're on the African plains, if you were a, excellent hunter and had a really strong social skills how much crap could you really get what are you going to eat too much honey yeah. have too many right. seasonal fruits that's as bad as it's going to get and there's built-in checks and balances in order to get these things you have to be physically active to do yes. it so you're burning calories to get more calories so it's this constant yes. cycle and because we're all so comfortable um, I mean, obviously, I'm speaking from a place of like base level privilege. Like sure. you, you're, we're not in war torn Yemen or something like that. Right. Like you're in a privileged area already. Um, there's no, there's no actual hardship other than just like you know the crushing weight of capitalism and depression of right. you know life. Right, um, <laughs> right. but no impending yeah. actual doom. Right. No doom. No doom that that you need to daily take care of. Um, yeah, so it's like I don't know where I was going with that, but yes, it's 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 super easy to just do nothing and get something, um, and it's like I, I'm a, you know, I'm a business owner, I'm a single father. Like when it, I understand like how stressful it is to manage the time to even figure out how the time works when it seems like there's no possible way I can do my son's help him with his homework play cook dinner, eat dinner, do the dishes, get him in a bath, get him dressed a bit, you know, read, sing, go to bed. Like it's so much plus work. It is a lot and it's exhausting. Um, so I get the urge to, well, fuck it. I'm just going to order something quick and cheap. I understand the urge and it, it, the practice, once you like most practices, once you just get used to it, it stops being so difficult. You, you adjust and it's not super hard to make. I found this to cook rice, 
steam or bake broccoli and bake some chicken. The prep is 20 minutes. Right. It, it takes longer to get in your car, drive to the fast food place, order and bring it back. It takes longer to do that than it does to cook chicken, rice and broccoli. Oh, yeah. It's just the foresight is that you thought ahead to buy chicken, rice and broccoli and have it ready. Um, yeah. And that's, I guess, the lesson that I have a hard time myself learning. So I don't want to be a, you know preaching about it, but is slight or delayed gratification. Now, for me, it's an easy lesson via, right. via our backgrounds of martial arts or fitness. We know it takes time. Right. You're not going to get yeah. that strong really quick. You're not going to have a great technique or uh, martial prowess very quickly. But we kind of had that used to it. But we That's were right. culturally just used to, well, I'm hungry. There's food this second. I can close yeah. my eyes and it's right there. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, you know, growing up, like we both grew up in the 80s. And I don't know how it was for you, but for me, like um, fast food was all the time. Fast food and frozen dinners. Like right. it was constant. Um, you know, I had a single mom working, you know, 18 hours a day in the film industry. And like my grandmother was around, but like, you know, she, <laughs> she's a lazy person. Right. Um, so it, it was just, you know, it was constant frozen dinners, constant fast food. Like I grew up with that model and it took me a while to unlearn it. But I think like anything, once you just make the decision, like you have to hit some sort of bottom, whatever your bottom is and say like living like this is objectively harder and worse than putting in a little effort, but living much better. Yes. Yeah. yeah and once I, you can get to that point, you'll you'll do whatever it is. Yeah, I'm, I'm very fortunate that I had that experience because so I grew up, my parents are from Iran. Pretty much most food was home cooked. You know, there's the occasional thing in here, here and there, but compared to most of my friends, we didn't really do much in the ways of fast food. Didn't really have right. soda in the house except for, for like parties. But really by high school, especially because of how much food, just the volume of calories that I would consume, being yeah. a, being an athletic, just pig-faced monster, um, yeah. <laughs> my mom was, just tell me what you want me to buy. So that's when it was the Hot Pockets and, um, right. and just the classic, wonderful commercial foods. Um, but it was really after late teens, early 20s, when I wasn't being as athletic and I was being less healthy. And I just had a point where, at that point, I was smoking cigarettes. Um, I just had a, uh, a point where I was like, wait a minute, I don't, I really don't feel good. And a couple of yeah. years ago, people used to remark how insanely energetic I was yeah. all the time. Not like hyper, yeah. just like, dude, you never get tired. I had crazy physical stamina. And yeah. just stopped. And I was like, wait a minute, I'm, why am I smoking? And why am I yeah. feeling thick, but not strong, thick, just thick, thick, and not like sexy, yep. thick, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah. Just not like CK. Yeah, yeah not, CK. not the, yeah, not the kind that I liked. Um, yeah, two C's. Yeah. So um, I gave my boss at the time my cigarettes and said, if you see me smoke again, fire me. And I was lucky that though I was addicted, it, I don't have whatever predisp predisposition to be. You know, a the 10 physical of, addiction wasn't yeah, as, 10 as out of intense, like yeah. critical. So I never touched it again and yeah. got back into the gym, hitting it hard. And then because of my now wife, I realized, okay, I know how to work out. I know about martial arts and I know like general eating principles, but I'm not studied in it. Um, yeah. She got me a book that was a really nice start. It was the four hour body, which is a mm -hmm. fun book, really interesting reading. Mm -hmm. But what's even better about that book is that it's, it's a really nice jumping off point because he references where he got his information. Right. So whatever right. thing, if you're interested in strength or in cardio or in weight loss, you at least have places to start that investigation. 
So it's not just, yep. here's my plan, do the plan, you're going to be fit, that's it. It was like, well, here's what I did, yeah. but here's what I didn't do, and here's the people I learned from. Um, yep. And, you know, like you as a person who's just sort of a um, information and cultural like junkie in a good way, Yeah. I just yeah. dove in like a lunatic, said, okay, I want to yeah. learn about diets and how they work. And um, because, again, with the background of martial arts, I really like to understand – like what's at the root of this? Yeah, you know? why? Like why, why and like, where does yeah. this come from? Yeah, because yeah. in martial arts you learn all this weird stuff, and you're like, well, why? Why would I use? What is this stance? If I'm never gonna fight with a horse stance, what are we doing? Yeah. Um, right. And then eventually you find out, and you can decide if it's useful or not. But yeah. Um, so I found it was really helpful to kind of there's a couple different books and things that you know would really try to suggest instead of looking at you know even though it's not even a real actual practice, but Mediterranean versus paleo versus vegetarian versus vegan. Right. It was, well, what, what common threads do any of them have when they work correctly? That's right. And that helped me because, you know, growing up with martial arts, I started with karate and then like a lot of people got into various arts. Mm -hmm. And then you come to a point where you think, well, what thread seems to hold the efficacy of some of these arts together? Right. So as you have someone who's practiced multiple disciplines, could probably say, well, look, you know, they all do their own thing, but here are the things that tend to work well generally. Right. Maybe being, right. maybe for some people, it'd be like being more aggressive, being more forward pressure, maybe having um, more off angled footwork, uh, having a fast first or second um, attack, you know, whatever it is. You know, whether it's a center line control or a round movement style, but there's going to be some principles that tend to work more often than not. Um, yeah. And I found the same thing with exercise and with diet and 100%. And it was like, Oh, okay. So instead of looking at, well, that's weird. Sometimes Graham likes rice, but this diet doesn't like rice. Well, it's like, well, Graham is measurably healthy. So instead right. of being a fool and saying rice isn't good, I should think, well, what's good about rice and does rice behave? When like and where does it yeah. serve me? Right. Like, I like, yeah. I like rice. I'm Persian. I mean, it's part of our culture. Yeah, it's in the diet. Yeah, and major, I think probably the majority of the world consumes rice. And I found it fascinating that we were told when we were young, brown rice is healthy. I don't know that yeah. many cultures that that's the majority of their food. I'm like, well, then what nope. is this? Yep. And it's such a Western viewpoint to try and tell other cultures what's better. Yeah. Like, yeah. we know you've eaten white rice for a thousand years in China, but we're, we're telling it, you it's brown it's rice. The only, it's the only time white culture said that something brown was better. It's the only time. <laughs> <laughs> that's, yeah that, i mean that's a keeper that that line is a keeper <laughs> thank you thank you <laughs> you know like what you're saying it the the issue there whether like when people go like oh i'm vegan or i'm i'm a meat eater whatever it's i'm a wing chun person i'm a boxing person is when you when you belong to a, a word a belong to a title i'm a christian i'm a whatever um there is an inherent perversion of the self and information in general, because in order to belong to a word, you have to exclude information that is not included in that word. Whatever yes. the definition is, you have to say, no, fuck that information. I can't have it because it's not in this thing that I say that I am. Uh, and so there's an inherent problem and people do it all the time with, I mean, obviously both of us have a background in martial arts and because we've studied multiple arts, 
you see like how insane people are like, no, fuck that. I do Krav Maga, fuck everything else. And you're like, what is wrong with you? Right. Like, <laughs> you know, it's like the same, you know, someone's like, I'm C-Lot, man. You're like, okay, cool. I mean, that's fine. The same thing with whether it's religion or whatever. And now over the last, you know, whatever, 10 years that fitness has become kind of what it is. Um, and you have, you know, fitness cults. Uh, you still there? Yeah, sorry, just some other okay. random call. Oh, it's all good. Yeah. And now because there's like fitness cults that have like really big followings and they do, um, you know, yearly, uh, you know, their version of like their Olympics. Right. I'm talking about CrossFit. Yeah. I, um, I, yeah. <laughs> it was subtle. But like then you get people who will oppose knowledge in fitness because it's different from the knowledge that they've been given. Or in diets too, like people who go like, oh, I'm vegan. You're like, okay, great. Usually it's um, moral reasons and that's respectable. I get it. Um, but then you go like, why don't you eat eggs? Like there was ne they're not killing an animal to get eggs, but they can't because it comes from an animal and just it's the ideology that they're behind. It's not the right. science or the facts or even how it affects their body like you see like and I, i've been vegan i i i know what happens to your body when for most people when they're vegan right um and even in the face of that like you're fucking sickly huddled over in the corner you can't walk up a flight of stairs like you're still not going to change no because i'm this thing right and i get so locked into it, it, it yeah yeah i i yeah. think the lesson that i i try to and i will Put a caveat that just about anything I say, I probably did not make up. Unfortunately, I'm not that clever. But <laughs> luckily, I've maybe synthesized some interesting points or hopefully like useful points. Um, I usually tell people first and foremost, before we even change, you know, your nutritional approach, your diet, whatever that is, I'm like, let's see if we can upgrade the nature of the quality of whatever it is you want to consume. Yeah. Yeah. So for some things that might just be in a better version of it. Other things that might mean, let's see if you can make it instead of buying yeah. it. Um, yeah. You know, like someone wants to have a cookie. I'm like, you know, see what happens if you make the cookie. See what happens if you go to a bakery that makes it on site instead of yep. in a box. Just see how you feel. Yep. That's all like, just as yep. an investigation. I'm like, let's go yep. quality over, uh, you know, style or whatever first. So again, yeah. like, like in martial arts, someone says to me, yeah, you know, this thing is bullshit. Wing Chun sucks. It's all about MMA or Krav Maga. And I said, Okay, have you ever trained with someone who right. trains Wing Chun with the same amount of dedication as someone who trains whatever thing you're talking about? No. And I'm like, okay, so maybe you're judging lesser or lower quality training Wing Chun yeah. versus higher right. quality training anything else. And and, and the, the purpose of a drill, like you mentioned a horse stance and people would be like, well, what the fuck? You can't fight in a horse stance. It's like, that's right. It's not for fighting. It's a right. training tool. Like you're strengthening your legs. You're learning about your hips and your sure. core and your base. It, you're not going to run up against a fighter and get in a horse stance. And like, that's, that's not the purpose of the drill. Right. You know what I mean? Like, well, maybe there's a 5% chance that you could do that. That's not the design of the thing. Um, like in Chinese martial arts and Indonesian martial arts, by way of China, there's like animal styles. Sure. And uh, the purpose is not to like necessarily fight like that but the attributes in those styles are indicative of a certain skill set or, or right. reference a certain skill set you know whether it's explosivity or balance or evasive moves 
So it's like you're trying to develop these skills with these tools. It's like people, it's like you want to be the best jump rope person. Right. Or do you want the skill that you get the, the health benefits from jumping rope? Like that's what you're really after. Yeah. And also what if I've always said, even if there is an inferior system, proper execution will often trump uh, yeah. bad execution in a better way. So I'd yeah. rather see someone do a perfect, you know, easy, simplified push up on their knees or with their hands on a bench than a really shitty quote unquote real push up where they're yep. crunching their neck and they're all wide grips yeah. and super weird. And I'm like, yeah. what the hell is that point of that? Yeah, you nothing. Know? Yeah, it's the same thing when people are, you know, lifting heavier than they're ready for whatever that weight is right and let's say they're doing bicep curls and they're like bending forward at the waist swinging it up you know pulling right. with their lower back and you're like not only are you, your risk of injury is high but you're not even <laughs> right. working the thing that you that you want to work in this movement like the whole purpose <laughs> is to do this one thing and you're you know a bicep curl is a great example especially guys are i want big biceps i want big chest great so how are you going to do that? Well, I'm going to grab this weight, put my elbows behind my ribs, bend with my lower back and swing it up mm -hmm. and not use my biceps at all. Like, okay, <laughs> great. Good job. Yeah. yeah. That's, and that's what's fun. That's when you start getting into that like idea of technique versus principle. Yeah. Someone's like, hey, you can learn the technique of curling a bicep, but if you learn the principle of what your bicep does, you're going to have a much bigger bag of tricks to develop it. Yeah. I have a lot of friends that bodybuild or did bodybuilding. Some of them don't do it anymore. And I always like to find out, well, how do they train? Because they were all having different variations of their training. I'm like, well, they're getting the same result. So it tells you that it's not exactly just, right. not just this exact sequence on leg day and then this exact sequence on chest day. And it's not always the same split. Some of them don't do splits. Some of them train six days a week. Some of them have lots of cardio, so, you know, all these yep. variations. Yet yep. they're netting a very similar result. So I thought, okay, well, what are the through lines of that? Well, you gotta create tension. You gotta push it hard. Yeah. You gotta know what you're doing with uh, form. Yeah. Sometimes even to a point where to the outsider it doesn't look like it. I've seen a lot of yeah. people do what looks quote unquote sloppy or uncontrolled. Yet it's very effective. Certainly. Just like in you know you, you watched UFC. How many of them actually move in a way that looks like it's quote unquote correct? Right. And then you get people saying, "I don't get it. This guy sucks at boxing." No, no. no. He's not fighting the sport of boxing. Did he win the fight? Yeah. Is he a good fighter? He took some of the tools of boxing and applied yeah. to a totally different sport. Yeah. Who gives a shit what it looks like? Right. Exactly. Yeah. Um, which yeah. brings me back to my point. See, there is such thing as bad food. So there you go. <laughs> <laughs> no, but, um, no, but it's interesting. I mean, there really is. I, I always like to you know give my clients a hard time when they say, is something good? Hey, yeah. uh, hey I heard dairy's bad. Yeah. And I would say, bad for what? Exactly. And, they say, bad exactly. For you. and I'm like, okay, explain bad for you. And I said, and what do you mean by dairy? Like, well, what do you mean? I'm like, do you mean pasteurized dairy, raw dairy, cow dairy, yeah. goat dairy? And, and how much dairy? Right. How often are you consuming it? Yes. And, and what, like, are you cooking it or are you not? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and I'm like, what is your goal? And I'm like, what are your other health considerations? Um, I also love the question, is such and such thing healthy? And I'll often just say, can you define healthy? Yeah. Well, I mean, is it good for you? Good for you for what? You'd be like, well, yeah. I mean, my friend is healthy. I'm like, how do you know? Yeah. Your friend's thin. Your friend's muscular. Yeah. Your friend runs yeah. really fast. Or yeah. your friend seems to exhibit high tolerance to 
viruses and seems to be physically fit and have a good temperament and have social life that's acceptable and seems right. to treat others with high degree of ethics and integrity. Cause there's a lot of stuff that gets with that, you know? Yep. <laughs> yep. And so Absolutely. Like, and, and yeah, go ahead. Yeah. And so like, I don't necessarily know how much kale impacted any of those things for that person. <laughs> well, and, and even there's a really great example too with kale. I mean, kale is objectively quote good for you. However, if you eat too much kale, you'll get a kidney stone. Right. So it's like, right. it's not, it's not good. The food is not good. Right. It's not bad either. It's just food. It's something right. you can consume or not consume. That's what I mean. So it's like, to go back to it, I'm right. And that food is neither good nor bad. <laughs> like I, I had a client um, two years ago and I t when I, we first started together, I never tell people to change their diet like you in the beginning. Right. Um, the only thing I tell people right away is water you need to drink water like right. that starts today you don't have to start with a gallon but most people drink no water and you're like okay you need to start with some water so it's everybody starts okay you have to have a glass within 30 minutes of waking up and then 30 minutes before bed Th those are the two like you have to do that as, as some sort of structure here i would like for you to do a glass every hour just to try to get in the habit of constantly drinking water but again it's a process it takes time then with the so i had a client and uh, she got the water thing. Like within a month, she was just drinking water all day. She was just drink water. Great. Good job. Then I was like, okay, let's start to add in a little bit of diet change, nutrition change. So I want you just, you need some dark green vegetables in your diet. You have none right now. So you just need some. So add in some kale or spinach. Just, you know, once a day, just eat some kale and spinach. Just put it in your fucking face. Right. She said, okay. And then, yeah, like three months later, <laughs> she had a kidney stone. And I'm like, what happened? And she was like, well, I've been doing what you said. I've been eating kale. Like, well, okay, okay. But like, walk me through it. I eat like, you know, like three of those big bags a week. It's like, that's too much. Fu I didn't say eat all the kale. I said like one meal a day, <laughs> have some kale. Right. So it's like, even this is an objectively good thing. But you can absolutely make it bad for you and even unhealthy for you. Same oh, yeah. thing with water. You can die from too much water. Oh, yeah. I mean, there's a fascinating yeah. thing that I was listening to, and it wasn't necessarily talking about nutrition, but they were talking about the idea of like um, like ecosystem kind of co-evolution that, for example, you have a group of whatever predatory animals like lions, and they go yeah. after such and such gazelle. Well, over time, through selective breeding, the gazelle will – adapt to try to either be faster or to hide better or have better senses to detect lions. But then the lions will also co-adapt or just die and become faster themselves, stronger, et cetera. And they'll make each other stronger. So the idea with the things that are more or less, let's just use the term natural, natural foods, fruits, vegetables, nuts, seeds, meat products, et cetera, that probably are what people generally would have eaten for most of human history. Yeah. Um, those things adapt as well. So, for yeah. example, like I kind of joke with people, there's only a few things that we know are food. The rest we suspect are food. Okay. Right. And maybe people ate them, but it doesn't necessarily mean they were super harmonious or even species appropriate. Right. We do know that for some level of life, breast milk is food. How long? A lot of debate on that. How much? Whatever. But we know that that's probably a basic human food. Yeah. As it is for, I believe, all mammals maybe with some weird exception. Well, and, and yeah. it's, it's very easy to evidence that in that the breast milk doesn't appear until a baby appears too. You right. know I mean, like it's so, not yeah, there probably all the time. Not for, yeah. Probably not a lot of 40 year olds were, we're still, we're still getting it. <laughs> um, 
quick side note no do you know that you you can find tons of videos of like parents oh yeah women still breastfeeding their kids at like 10 12 sure. it's terrifying yeah i mean hey whatever you know um <laughs> so, so i mean what do I, no it's that, not that okay me, that to me is less weird than the idea that it, it's it's okay to give someone like that's two like a can of coke i agree with that i'd be like whoa that's it's so not intense. less weird it's not right. less weird but it, it's they're both bad. <laughs> if, a, if a kid can say, "Hey, mom, can I have? Wait, you, can I suck on your tit right now?" Like that'd be great. Wait, that's did you just bad. call those both bad foods? Is that what you said? Yeah, Sorry? that's what I said. Yeah, that's what I said. <laughs> breast so, milk is the same as soda. Exactly. So Graham Baker said breast milk is bad food. Okay, so, that's what I said. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, the idea that we would kind of co-evolve. oh yeah, so the only other thing that we are pretty aware of is to some extent fruit benefits from us eating it because we shit out the seeds and the seeds will grow right vegetables generally and maybe there are some things that i'm not aware of but for the most part as vegetables aren't seeded they don't get a lot of benefit from us eating them other than we will then plant more vegetables right um animals one benefit of us eating them if there is one is that ecosystem yeah we'll population we'll, we'll call out the weak yeah um so i always kind of tease my clients i said you know Nuts don't want to be eaten. Vegetables don't want to be eaten. And I'm like, but a gazelle definitely wants you to eat his pussy little brother. <laughs> yes, yeah, so it can. It can you live. Don't want yeah. to get eaten, right? Yeah. And I said, <laughs> and I said, and you know, uh, most animals, you know, most mammals, when they breastfeed, there's a certain point where they're uncomfortable until they're able to feed the child. Yeah. Um, so I kind of like to give people a hard time with even with vegetables, not so much to say, no, don't eat vegetables as it's okay to question all things. So when someone says, Hey, I know fruits are healthy. Why are you telling me not to have an acai bowl? And I say, well, I'm not telling you not to, I'm just teasing you. But also how do you know it's healthy? Yeah. Like don't, don't listen to someone telling you what is telling you for sure. Because again, not that nature was inherently perfect, but I don't know that many models in nature where you'd be able to have the equivalent of a Jamba juice, even when it was seasonal, you might have 10 oranges because that's all that's what's around, but you're not going to have 13 with ice cream in them. (laughs) Exactly. And and that's a, it's a big difference. Like an orange, super good for you. It has got fiber and vitamins and great. And it tastes good. It's not, it has healthy sugar. Awesome. But yeah, a giant glass of orange juice, not good for you now. No, no. (laughs) All you're just drinking a giant glass of sugar at this mm-hmm. point, and it doesn't. And it, there's a certain obviously, like natural sugar is objectively better for your body than processed sugar. Um, but there is a point where it's just sugar in your body now. Yes, you, insulin's still spiking in crazy, unnatural ways for you. Excess is still going to be converted to fat. Like same thing with protein. People are like, I'm just going to eat fucking nonstop chicken, but why am I still fat? Because you're eating too much chicken. Like right. it's, you're not burning this much. So the excess is converted to sugar. The sugar is converted to fat. And now you're still fat, even though you're eating a lot of chicken. Right. And, and I, that's chicken was a fun one for me because um, uh, though I'm a almost shockingly carnivorous person, I really don't consume a lot of chicken. And, yeah. um, you know, my clients are like, oh, but I don't understand. I'm eating all this chicken and brown rice and, you know, the typical stuff. <laughs> I said, yeah, you don't really need to eat chicken that much. I'm like, if you like it, yeah. it's fine. If it's, yeah. if, you know, they're like, well, why? I'm like, well, per calorie, doesn't have as many vitamins. 
the fats that are in it, if you're eating ones with fat, the fat quality, we seem to do much better on the fats that are either in seafood or in um, grass Red consuming, yeah. like ruminant type mammals, even more than other yeah. mammals. So like there's a reason that bison is healthier than even a high quality, you know, outdoor right. raised pig. I'm not talking about the feedlot, like frightening pork that is most of it, but there, yeah. you can get really good heritage quality pork, but still the fat quality itself compared to uh, ruminant type mammals different. Um, and the same thing with like cold water fish, whether we're talking salmon or sardines, things like that, um, or some of the other interesting uh, shellfish. We just seem to have better adaptation for those omega-3 fats compared to, you know, chicken. Um, and-, and, and well, we, we is a very kind of shaky term too because it's like not only like your genetics but your epigenetics what your ancestors ate is going to influence how you eat and what that's what it's like when people try to control their diet or their their nutrition with no kind of like objective reasoning about how they feel about their their ethnicity and like what their ancestors ate well there are people who came from a line of people who ate whale blubber and when they eat it they process it fine. Right. And there are people who've never even seen a fucking whale. And if they eat it, they might not do so well with it. Oh, yeah. Just I mean, you said like, go ahead. No, absolutely. I mean, even when people say, hey, I know you like this. I don't feel good on it. I'm like, well, then you should. And it's not for you. And I said, then there's two options. It's not for you or the system isn't working properly. And yeah. if we don't have any reason to believe the system isn't working properly. Like if you have digestive issues and yeah, it might be hard to digest anything. Yeah. But if your digestion seems to be healthy and normal, and something doesn't work for you, then it doesn't matter what I think. What That's matters right. is what is going to work. You yeah. know, if someone loves cardio, even though I think they might overdo it, if they love it that much, I'm like, well, then why don't we just make it safer? Like, exactly. As long as it's not hurting you, yeah. then yeah, you're, 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 it's like, um, like when I'm teaching people how to fight basic self-defense issues, this is how I approach it. And here's a bunch of tools. Here are like objective realities of what, your body structure means and where you're the most strong or the most weak based on positioning and here's how angles can help you but if you're like i have a student when i'd be working in classes um angling he he would do the drills but when we would fight he just liked to run straight in he didn't give a fuck if he got hit he's just i and i'm like Okay, man, well, let's figure out how to make this yes. work the best for you. So as you're running in, because that's who you are, that's what you want to do. And it most of the time, it, it's fairly effective for you. But let's try to prevent you from getting knocked out on the way in or on the way out. So it's like, I'm not going to change who you are fundamentally. This is how your brain processes information, emotionally, how you react in a fight. Cool. Let's, I can't make you me. I don't do that. I mean, sometimes I do, but most of the time right. I don't. Right. So yeah, like when people with their diet, like I want to be vegan or a mediator or whatever it is it's usually vegans but like for ethical reasons which i respect it's a nice thought it's a little you know absent-minded because like you're, you're killing animals also to be a vegan right <laughs> um but like how is it affecting your body i mean i i know very few vegans and i when i was a vegan i became anemic and i was like on top of my shit making sure i got this making sure i got that supplementing things I didn't get but my body was just like nope it's not it's not right for us like it's I was weak I was not healing um I'd get tired after I ate like it was it it wasn't right so I addressed it and said okay I need to I I need red meat that's how my body works and that's that yeah it's strange how different um you know there's people I know who just have a natural disposition to really really like seafood a lot more than others 
Yeah. And a lot of people, I'm sure you've met many who were like, I don't do seafood. Yeah. And they're like, unless it's sushi <laughs> I know. <laughs> or like a tuna melt. And I'm like, okay, yeah, yeah. I understand. Yes. If you're in LA, you are obligated to like sushi. <laughs> And particularly if it's not uh, authentic. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I just want something that's fried, wrapped yes. in something with a bunch of sugar sauce. On yes, it, so. yes. Yeah, and you're like, yeah. you mean you mean like water donuts? That's what yeah, you want? Yeah. Ocean. This is not. You're not really eating sushi at this <laughs> <Right>. point. <laughs> like, uh, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's tricky. It's, it's tricky because there's also like this. The thing I'll run into is because I I I try to have a generally higher. Um, you know, higher quality stuff, even if I'm going to have stuff that's more fun than others, you know, even yeah. if something isn't going to fuel my body or may, or be optimal for my, uh, my cognitive function, I'm like, okay, I still would rather it be higher quality. Um, yeah. what's tricky is there's so many things that are part of our culture that there's just not that available. Like there isn't a lot of, I mean, at least, at least where I live in the areas I'm familiar with, there isn't a lot of like heirloom wheat, uh, yeah. fried in, uh, you know, tallow donuts. It's pretty much yeah. donuts or donuts. Um, and if yeah. you want that, you're like, well, I'm not going to go buy a 50 pound bag of heirloom wheat buy tallow. You're like, yeah. you know what? Okay. So I just don't get donuts. I mean, I don't personally care that much about donuts, but I mean, as an example, um, yeah, I mean, well, part, part of the issue here too, is like it, it in the States, it's an issue because there is no cultural food or cultural history with food in this country it's all coming from somewhere else. Right. So it's like because of the American or the United States model of ruining everything and like making it a way to generate money, all the cultural value is thrown away or taken away. And then it's replaced with what is cheapest to, to keep it going. And how do I exploit it to the highest degree? So it's like, there's nothing in intrinsically american about healthy food so it's just it's, it's harder to come by yeah and also i wonder because i mean i think some of the um like non-obvious or not sort of stereotyped southern food like the more yeah. real proper tradition southern food you know when there was you know say 150 years ago there was really not a lot of ingredients you could have that weren't at least reasonably digestible let sure. alone probably pretty good for you. Um, sure, yeah. there was probably flour, but we're still talking about like much, much better yielded sprouted wheat as opposed to this kind of crap wheat that we use now. People had to make the flour then. Yes. Yeah, and they had and to now that's it, not the it was, issue. It was fermented yeah. and all this cool stuff. Yeah. Um, I feel like there's probably some resurgence in looking into those things because it's feels like we don't have that. But I, I think yeah. there are probably historians and chefs who are literally looking at like, well, wait, what is the, you know, kind of the way that 15 or so years ago, farm to table was becoming a big thing. Right. I'm, I'm assuming there's definitely like in the Southern region, places that are really looking at, you know, like historically relevant um, cuisine, you know, though of course all influenced from different countries, but yeah. Tempered by local available ingredients. Cause I remember watching something talking about the way that certain Southern barbecues were set up really came from uh, Africa mm -hmm. and that the main difference was that we just had different ingredients here. Yeah. So we were restructuring, um, uh, what do you call it? Recipes just with different ingredients. So different green base, different, you know, yeah. legumes and all. I mean, uh, Southern food is 
black food. Yeah. The the I mean, I, obviously, it's terrible. You ha you can't even talk about it without talking about enslaved black. <sighs> Uh, people in this country, but like they were the ones cooking. They they created yeah. the southern cuisine. It yeah. all comes from them. So yeah, of course it's you know dramatically influenced by yeah. various African countries and their cuisine there. Oh yeah, and, and I imagine that's what's interesting to me about cuisine is that you have certain key structures that seem to work. There's certain things yeah. that are that are not immutable, but that are general principles like. You know, some level of acidity, some level of fattiness, some level of this, some level of that. But then every region has to adjust it to their available ingredients. Exactly. And exactly how different those ingredients can be. You know, you have places that have such a vast amount of excellent produce because the climate. So like certain regions of Mexico and now because of our agriculture, certain parts of California have so many available ingredients. And the yeah. areas where it's a lot less diverse, like you know, let's say some of the colder parts of the Nordic nations, but they still approach the idea of of the components somewhat. The basics are all there. Yes, yes, and it's yeah, really interesting. All there. And it tells me that in those basics, there is an inherent um, formula that says this is nourishing. That these yeah. things together, because this they can omit stuff. They could just boil something. They're like, all right, that's all there yeah. is. It's like no, this all stuff tastes good because. You're, you're tasting the actual land where you are. It's, it's really interesting. Yeah. And, and just through evolution, it's like we learn to eat through trial and error. Oh, yeah. The things that killed us, we stopped eating. Right. And then the things we could eat, we kept eating. So that information got passed down. It's like these things are okay. These things are not. So it's like that's what I think that, you know, to to argue against the point that we're not sure what's yeah. food or what's not. Like for the most part, unless unless we're forcing the issue of right. like – no, no, you can deep fry a, a Twinkie. It's that's food. Right. <laughs> it's it's that's not food. Um, but like for the most part, yeah, like fruits, vegetables, some sort of protein, um, some sort of acidity. Like like you said, like these are kind of building blocks to everybody's nutrition globally. It doesn't matter what cultural right. background there is. Like everybody more or less has this thing. Yeah, this is an awesome book called Deep Nutrition. And she kind of does that. It takes kind of a historical context and says – for the most part, and then I think there might not be any real uh, long-term or large-scale, um, you know, exceptions that basically all cultures had um, more or less these four principles, which was whatever thing, whatever animal they ate, they ate as much of it as they could, like as far as the, yeah. the whole whole animal, even yeah. even cultures that ate a lot less animals, they still tried as much and many pieces of it as possible, Right. that there were uh, some degree of raw foods, some degree of fermented foods. And then um, making sure that there was also things eaten from animals, including parts that have to do with bones, bones and tissue yeah. and organs and, yeah. the, and the whole deal. But I thought, oh, that's interesting because, you know, I've experienced with Persian food and I'm like, oh, yeah, well, we use lamb shanks with bones. We have yogurt, which is fermented and then unfermented fruits and vegetables all the time, kind of sauerkraut mm -hmm. type of stuff. Um, yeah. And then things that are soaked, things that are fresh. Like, oh, that's that's. And I, I think that transposes just about every culture yeah. even ones that have and, and, very different styles yeah and that that seems to be a um a big problem with like american diet is lack of fermented food and then um lack of uh like unprocessed or clean um ingredients in general but in particular like right. some sort of protein source oh yeah it's it's, it's a trip um yeah sorry i'm just getting all these 
alerts and I, I have them on just because the sound goes off if I turn them off for oh, for us. Yeah. <laughs> Nothing uh, to worry about. Um, just some kind of nuclear meltdown in my gym or whatever. Whatever. Anyway. Um, Sweet. <laughs> um, but yeah, so it's interesting. I mean, I, I wonder, you know, I because I like to kind of devil's advocate my friends and clients when someone says, you know, but, you know, plants versus animals. I said, well, yeah. I'm pretty sure over 95% of animals are edible, and I don't think more than 10% of plants are edible. So, you know, do with that what yeah. you will. Um, but if push comes to shove, I'm going to eat the squirrel first first, and then the bush second. Um, I mean, there is a reason. Like, <laughs> it, it's hard. If you look like just evolutionary, it's hard to catch, kill, and cook an animal. Right. There's a reason why everybody across the world worked so hard to figure out a good way to do it. Right. Like there is a significant benefit to like, Oh, we're eating meat and we're getting bigger and stronger. Right. And uh, we can, we can sustain ourselves longer. And, and again, like, there, I mean, there are not again, but there are healthy vegans. They of exist. Of course they do. But yeah. Just there are, no, I can't even make the argument. There are more unhealthy ones because there are more unhealthy people. meat eaters and healthy ones just oh, in yeah. general. Yeah. There's oh, more yeah. unhealthy people, but like, you know, not having any meat is a tough sell for most people's bodies. Forget about whatever emotional uh, point of view you have. Um, like, I don't agree with Western, uh, you know, mass uh, farming or what is it? Factory farming processes. No, it's, it's nightmarish. They're not good. Yeah, it's it's a hellscape. Um so I, you know, I, I buy from local butchers who right. at least tell me they're getting it from local right. sourced, humanely, whatever. Right. Um, yeah, th there's a reason why it's like, objectively this is kind of the norm. Yeah, and I, I think that um, there's again, like we mentioned with some of the belief systems that people put on a label, and it's like if you're not yeah. this, then you're bad. Well, yeah. If you're not like, I've heard people on both sides. Now make that clear. Yeah. On the more paleo carnivore type, low carby type side, and on the more plant based side, saying the opposite is inherently bad. Like yeah. any vegan is unhealthy. Oh, anyone who eats meat is is, is a murdering piece of shit. I'm like, yeah. you know, that doesn't really seem to be either true or more to the point helpful. Like, yeah. how is that going to solve anything? Such a good point. Um, Definitely not helpful. Yeah. So I've always found, well, what common ground? What are the is there any common ground? Common ground. Let's let's care about the environment. Okay. Yeah. If most people are going to end up eating meat anyway, how do we make it more sustainable? Okay. Right. One one avenue, not necessarily my favorite, but one avenue is lab grown meat. The other animal, yeah. other avenue is proper regenerative uh, farming practices. Then you get people arguing that those aren't possible. Okay. Well, then we have to investigate that because we have to figure something. You're going to yeah. knock yourself out if you just try and say, well, everybody has to be plant based. We're like, there's like one or two percent of people who are willing to do that. That's too many okay, people. And here's, here's the other thing too, right? There are 9 billion people. Let's right. say everybody just overnight, we're all plant-based and we're all cool with it. That means that the factory farming of plants has to go up massively Expen too. I mean, unbelievable just to get enough calories. Like you can't if just, you were just yeah, rice. Yeah. And, and you're just, okay, you're going to replace all the meat factories with fruit and vegetable factories. Fine. Great. You need way more of them because we need to consume far more to just sustain ourselves. And then the emissions don't lower. You're still driving these things around. You're still, you know, machines to chop and you know process these things. You're still killing. And now, now you need way more space. Oh. So you're going to murder far more deer, rat, foxes, birds. ground nesting oh, yeah. birds. Oh, yeah. yeah. 
you're going to take out forests to plant. There's no naturally occurring field of soy. How do you think they get there? They're murdering animals to plant these things. And it's not like they just kill some and then that's it. They have to keep killing them because those animals want to eat what you're growing and you have to kill them to stop them from doing it. Oh, yeah. And then when they bomb it with pesticide, it doesn't just stop bugs. Some of those bugs get eaten by mice, by birds. Those bison birds die. The squirrels that eat those die. The thing that eats the mouse dies. A cat goes and eats the bird. And someone kills the cat. And boy, oh boy, they're going to have a problem with this guy right here. Um, Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And it's like, so it's like, again, morally, I, 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 it's a noble thought. Yes. It's just ill-informed and poorly executed. Yes. Because I mean, I can't imagine how much, uh, I mean, how much fruit and vegetables would you have to grow? Because obviously our our densest calories are going to come from fat. And if we're looking at, plant-based fat sources everybody's just bathing in avocado yeah avocados olives coconuts almonds and since that's difficult to do it's like what we're just gonna have a world running on like canola oil and soybean oil like that's that's so that's so that's wow that that's when you get into that whole conspiracy theory nonsense of like population control you want to decimate a population put everyone on a massive amount of soybean oil and watch what happens yeah Yeah. and so I, i tell people all the time like when i get vegetarians or vegans and I'm like that's that's fine we just we need to kind of like balance check a little bit of what's going on because it's yeah it's just so much soy and they don't understand why they they're so unhealthy they have so many health problems I'm like well, you're eating too much soy like right. even for a even for a vegan or a vegetarian this right. is too much yeah too like much. if it's good quality and it's fermented or it's properly handled I'm not one of those people that thinks like no one you know just because I'm a meat person yeah. doesn't mean i think like you can never eat tofu it's like no no no. of course if not get, if you get organic tofu and you like it sometimes you're not going to die if you want to no. have some fermented miso paste and things that are, add interesting flavors and textures especially to culturally relevant foods those are yep. gonna be done very very fine but Absolutely. you're right like if cheap quality you know uh roundup bombarded soy is the, is the bulk of someone's diet Again, it comes down to that whole quality thing. It's, it's the same as if someone says, "Well, I eat meat." Yeah. It's like, yeah, but all you're eating is like Hormel sausages. You're, yeah, <laughs> that's not meat. It's not meat. Right. Well, the other thing too, like you go like, okay, tofu. Okay, cool. I have tofu sometimes, every once in a while. Not a lot, every once in a while. Sure. By itself, tofu doesn't taste like anything. So right. you have to cook it with things or put something on it. Right. So if you're not cooking it with vegetables, you're, that means you're putting something on it. And what are you putting on it? Some sort of dressing. What's the dressing? Sugar. So you're, it's just a vehicle for processed sugar now. Yes. Or you're frying it. Yeah, exactly. So you're like, uh, you're kind of shooting yourself in the foot with this. Yeah, there's, this is no longer a healthy option now. No. You're just, it's nonsense. Yeah, it's it's very rare someone's like, no, I had a really good salad with tofu. And you're like, yeah. I, I don't actually remember the last time I ever heard anyone say salad and tofu together. <laughs> Mostly because it'd be weird. Well, and that's the thing, like, you know, like you mentioned the, like the cultural uh, aspects of tofu cultures that eat tofu like you know whether it's japanese chinese thai vietnamese it's always tofu with a ton of vegetables tofu with protein tofu with you know what i mean like there's always other things it's only here like this country is whether you're talking about martial arts or diet or nutrition or whatever like we're the leader in taking a concept having little to no understanding and then running with it and basing an ideology up upon just like our feeling about it. Oh like yeah. No evidence of it. No, it's all, it's like a, someone once said the greatest American art form is marketing. 
Um, yeah. And Oof, they, it's kind of like, sucks. I mean, think about how silly the idea is of a super food. When I people know. say, oh, I heard it's a super food. I'm like, Ugh. you mean like it has x-ray vision? What do you mean a super yeah. food? You're yeah. telling me papayas are somehow magical? Oh no, yeah. it's turmeric. Oh, turmeric. I mean, turmeric. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, I grew up Persian. We, we use it in our food, but it's not magical. We just cook yeah. with it because it has a taste and it's regionally yeah. there. And you go like, yes, is it, is it good? Is it, does it, um, can, does it have health benefits? Sure. Sure. Most things do. Right. Like, <laughs> unless, you know what I mean? Like, there's no one thing. It's, it's all, it's like, if, whatever it is, like, what's the one exercise that'll get me like completely shredded and like ripped, like every muscle, what, what's the one exercise? There is no one exercise. Like no. we use, there's thousands of exercises and we use all of them over just up and down like yes. kind of pulling it based on what we want and they'll all play a role in you being shredded or whatever yeah. or, well that's just diet but like right. we'll all play a, a role in muscles yeah maybe if you can suplex like a bear <laughs> and do that for reps you'll probably get shredded i just don't know it's a good full body workout yeah i just don't know if you can do it <laughs> um, um yeah i think i mean when someone says superfood i'm like i think maybe the only thing i'd call a superfood is probably good quality salt because I don't think there's anything that is more flexible in its use than yeah. a, pin a pinch of salt. Sure. You got something good, you cook a steak, not that good without salt. And I love steak. Yeah. You got yeah. chicken, need some salt. Yeah. But then again, it's even it's even not that super because too much of it and it'll fuck you up too. Oh yeah. And also like too much tastes nasty. So bad. You, you, go, you go touch over, it's just hurt. So unless you're yeah. in Florida, those motherfuckers love salt. Really? Oh my God. Like every time I go to Florida, I'd always have to, like if I order food somewhere, if we go out, right. I always have to say like, can I have no salt on mine? Really? Because everything is so intensely salted. It's like being back East, like with my mom's side of the family, like in Jersey, right. who just like dump salt over everything. It's 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 that level. You but think it's, it's is that everywhere a, you go. Do you think that's a response to humidity or is there just a higher? Oh, that's interesting. I'm wondering because I, I don't know because I know like I like to cycle on and off not like with measure just I like to do sometimes really go low carb for a long time and yeah. even before I was aware of it I would always find when I would decrease carbohydrates a lot I would just desire more salt and then everything yeah. you know after years of studying you know people who are experts in keto not just like sort of the fad version but actually have years and years of practice they're like no you have to have more electrolytes when out in the in the as you decrease carbohydrates because you won't be able to hold water the same you will yeah. not be you hydrated. literally need salt to live yes and you need and yeah. you need to increase it uh accordingly safely as you cut down carbohydrates especially when you get carbohydrates closer and closer to you know approaching zero um and, and i mean net carbs not not yeah, yeah, not, yeah. not like lettuce um and <laughs> um but obviously i don't think florida or new jersey are particularly by nature lower carbs but i wonder if because of the abundant Maybe. moisture they might just sweat more and maybe i, I mean that's that's not that might be a, a decent question as to how it started. Right. I, d I definitely don't think that's why it's continuing. Probably it's just not. like how they're <laughs> yeah, like that just could, indulgence in what they're used to. Yeah. It also could be like in, in places where you have higher um, alcohol consumption and, and smoking, those blunt taste a bit. Um, yeah. Because I remember, yeah. I remember like typically, you know, probably not as much today, but even up to years ago, you would see people who were chefs. Um, you know, because they had you know night nighttime style living, more likely were smokers than not, especially kind yeah. of the further and further you go back. And I would always kind of say, um, one of the big differences between a, like a healthy type restaurant and not is 
the punch of flavor. Yeah. I'm like, because a healthy chef isn't going to probably use salt and butter to that flavorful punch because their taste buds are actually less impacted by, you know, drinking quite a bit and smoking cigarettes. Or even I, when I used to be a smoker, and I've always been a salt person anyway, but when I was a smoker, I needed even stronger flavor profiles because you're blunting your mouth. And there is just like, you know, um, like all things, we adapt fairly quickly. So when your diet is, when you're eating lower quality food, the taste is less. So you want more shit on top of it. Um, and then when you start eating healthier food, cleaner food, uh, it tastes bland at first. And then just over time, you know, eight weeks, you go like, oh, this is so flavorful now. And even like the smallest bit of additive is like, I don't like this is weird now. It, weird. Tastes, yeah. uh, it tastes really bizarre. I remember like um, in like 2004, five six seven i was vegetarian and vegan and um and then when i started eating meat i was still just only eating like mostly raw food um which i don't recommend raw diets but like it's what i was trying sure i did it too. and uh, yeah um and i remember i was somewhere and somebody had mcdonald's french fries and i hadn't eaten fast food in like i don't know 10 years at this point everything i was eating was really clean and they're like take have one i was like i'm not gonna eat that but i was like i'll i'll try like a bite like a quarter of a french fry and it literally tasted like medicine i was like this this tastes like fucking robitussin like it, it it's just bitter chemicals that's i don't taste potato i don't nothing i don't even taste salt i just taste medicine like it was Whoa. intense yeah and it really shook my mind up like Oh, this is not like when you said like some things aren't food. I was like, this is not food. This is absolutely not food. Right. It doesn't taste like food. There's nothing in here that's food. No, it's yeah. a trip. I whenever I would do like, um, you know, uh, I would say okay, I'm going to go zero carbs for a while just for fun. You know. Yeah. Um, you do it for two, four, six weeks, like you said, and then eat something simple. Yeah. Like a grape, a blueberry, and it feels like. It's so good. It's so yeah. sweet. It's, it's amazing. explosion. You yeah. realize like, oh, right. Uh, fruit can be nature's dessert, not just yeah. something you just shove in your mouth all the time because you're at 7-Eleven. Yeah. That's all they had. <laughs> yeah. Um, and it's so cool. Like that's, I you know, as much as I don't like to overly push anything, people who I think can have a healthy relationship with food, not people who are likely to be obsessive, yeah, I think cycling on and off of somewhat restrictive things safely actually yeah. gives you a lot of insight into I agree what food really can be. So if someone's like, uh, you know, I've been eating too much fish, it's like, oh, take a week off, take two weeks, take yeah. a month off, and then have a yeah. nice piece of really good fish. Oh, I eat too totally. much sugar. Don't have sugar for a month. See what happens. Then go eat a banana, yep. and you'll go crazy. Yep. Or have a date. You'll have a date, and you'll yep. think you just like got punched in the mouth. It's so sweet. Um, yeah, I, I don't use like white sugar in the house and right. um, like for dessert. And I never like I never tell my son that like this is candy. or This is like he's always had fruit. He come in like, Daddy, can I have an apple? Daddy, can I have blueberries? Like that's right. what we eat. Um, uh, Wednesday, I cut up a pineapple and um, we ate it, you know, that night and then the next day. And it was just so sweet. It's just a fucking pineapple. This is regular old pineapple. But I was like, damn, this is, this is pineapple. It's like almost too sweet. Right, um, right. 
it's so it's like if I have a donut or something like that, I'm like, what the fuck is happening here? This is insane. Yes. Yeah. Well, yeah. um, I'm gonna in a minute. I'm gonna I gotta take off, but I want to leave yeah, you man. with uh, a prompt so we can talk again. And yeah. I think this will be fun, particularly for us. All right. uh, next time, let's discuss what is our top most controversial opinion. Oh, yes. Okay, I got a couple. I, right away, I got. A yeah, I got. I got a couple. But I think we want to sit and be like, let's get into some hot water with this one. Um, I'd love it, man. I'd love it. Um, I do want to say I really appreciate your time. Um, I've always loved seeing the kindness and generosity of time you have with your people in your life. How Thank beautiful you. your relationship is with your son is very inspiring. Um, as a martial artist, as a trainer, as a dude, uh, as a nerd culture guy, just all the stuff is is very heartwarming. And, um, I think your journey is one that is definitely in the direction of good. So I appreciate that all the time. Thank you, brother. I, man, that, that's, a that's a tall and intense compliment. And I, I really appreciate you. Um, I feel everything you just said exactly the same about you. You're without a doubt, one of the good ones, objectively good. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> all right, brother. Uh, don't forget to check out Cyrus, uh, underscore Legion underscore Jim. Yeah. On Instagram. Uh, he's a good dude. Hit him up if you're in the area. Go check out his gym. It is sexy. All right. So have a good. All right. We'll talk again soon, buddy. Yes, sir. Peace out. All right. Be well. Do good. Make healthy choices. Peace. <laughs>